This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 163. A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's wrap up the sitcoms of 1989 Corrine Burr began work as a model and dancer before getting TV guest work. She also appeared in Zapped, My Favorite Year, Police Academy 4, Vice Versa, and had a one-year run on ER all prior to Free Spirit. She went on to more TV, Man of the People, Double Rush, Partners, Rude Awakening, Veronica Mars, and continues to do guest work. Frank Luz got into theater work, at one point playing the original dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. Theater work led to soaps, The Doctors, Ryan's Hope, and the series Hometown. He appeared in films When Harry Met Sally, Ghost Town, and Don Juan DeMarco. He left the biz in the late 90s. Allison Hannigan was appearing in commercials by age four, leading to the film My Stepmother is an Alien and Free Spirit. She got a memorable role in the American Pie movies, and then came the role of Willow in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV franchise. She followed that up with the role of Lily on the long-running How I Met Your Mother. Since then, she's hosted and produced Penn & Teller Fool Us and done voice work on Fancy Nancy. She married Buffy co-star Alexis Denisoff, and their home was used on the series This Is Us. Eden Gross was doing TV guest spots by the mid-80s and had already been a regular on Sweet Surrender with voice work on Foofer prior to Free Spirit. He went on to Empty Nest and Walter and Emily with voice work on Little Dracula, Pro Stars, The Legend of Prince Valiant, The Little Mermaid TV series, and The Ren and Stimpy Show. Gross left the business by the late 90s. Free Spirit was a flop for ABC. A critic's poll listed it as the worst news series that season, 14 episodes, one of which never aired. It started in a TGIF slot, but was moved to Sundays, where it disappeared. Found the pilot on YouTube. The theme is poppy and filled with late 80s watercolor. The family dialogue is generic. The witch is goofy. The special effects are terrible and involve a lot of green screen and quick cutaways. Brother, we need to reach out and 
Home Room premiered on ABC on September 24, 1989, at 8.30 p.m. A series built around stand-up Daryl Sivad after ABC saw him on The Tonight Show. He plays an ad man who becomes an elementary school teacher. Penny Johnson plays his medical student wife, whose father, Bill Cobbs, disapproves of his son-in-law's career change. And since they live rent-free in his building... Claude Brooks plays Daryl's brother, and Trent Cameron, Jahari Bennett, Billy D. Willis, Daphne Lynn Jones, and Tricia Setaguchi play students. Now, we covered Bill Cobbs on episode 148 for the Slap Maxwell story. Daryl Savad went on to regular or recurring roles on Rock, The French Prince of Bel-Air, Sea Bear and Jamal, voice work, The Naked Truth, The Jamie Foxx Show, and the film 500 Days of Summer. Penny Johnson Gerald trained at Juilliard and had a run on the paper chase prior to hometown, followed by The Larry Sanders Show, ER, Star Trek DS9 as Cassidy, Cisco's love interest and later wife, 24, Eve, The 4400, October Road, Castle, and is currently playing Dr. Claire Finn on The Orville. Films include What's Love Got to Do With It, Crippendorf's Tribe, Rent, and the 2019 Lion King. Claude Brooks had an early appearance in the film The Wiz, later appearing in Solar Babies, Born on the Fourth of July, and Bowfinger. Homeroom was his first regular TV role, followed by True Colors, Claude's Crib, Hits, and Under One Roof. He became a producer, Claude's Crib, Hits, Dance 360, Second Time Around, Hip Hop Harry with a ton of music videos, Under One Roof, The Tony Rock Project, ABC Harry, and Doggy Land. Trent Cameron went on to You Take the Kids and The Parkers. Billy D. Willis recently appeared in TV series Dar Man. Homeroom did not last long, despite the executive producer going on a cross-country school tour to drum up interest. Thirteen episodes, three of which never aired. Caught an episode on YouTube, the opening has kids singing the R&B theme. The show is kind of like an African-American welcome back Cotter with Savad cracking jokes in class. It's all very cutesy. There's a kids say the darndest things vibe. Living Dolls premiered on ABC on September 26, 1989 at 8.30 p.m. A backdoor pilot from Who's the Boss, where Samantha's friend Charlie, Leah Remini, is discovered by the head of a modeling agency, Michael Learned, who happens to be friends with Who's the Boss's Angela. The other teenage models are played by Allison Elliott, Deborah Tucker, and a young Halle Berry in her acting debut. David Moscow played the teenage son of the head of the agency, who was very pleased with the situation. We covered David Moscow on episode 158 for Live In, and we'll cover Leah Remini when we get to her better-known series. Michael Learned's father worked for the State Department, and she spent her teenage years in Europe. She attended a performing arts school in the U.K., which led to Canadian anthology series Festival. Various U.S. TV guest spots followed, and then came her best-known role, Olivia, the mother of the Waltons. Confusion over her masculine name resulted in her being listed as Miss in the credits. 
She won three Emmys for the role. There were various TV movies and reunions of the series. Learned went on to regular or recurring roles on Nurse, Winning Another Emmy, Hot House, The American Revolution, Voice Work, Scrubs, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless, and the upcoming Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story. He was also involved in theater with a Broadway run of The Sisters Rosenwig. Allison Elliott was an actual Ford model at age 14, which led to living dolls. Other TV work? Black Tie Affair, The Buccaneers, Terriers, and films Wyatt Earp, The Wings of the Dove, and a Golden Globe nomination, The Eternal, and The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Elliot has also narrated audiobooks. Living Dolls was Deborah Tucker's first on-screen role. She had previously been a competitive figure skater. She went on to a run on Dallas and a number of TV guest roles, along with the film Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. As noted, this was the first on-screen role for the final cast member, although she did a little better than Tucker did. Halle Berry's first name, actually her middle name at the time, came from Cleveland's Halle's Department Store. She was a cheerleader and prom queen, which naturally led to beauty pageants. A runner-up to Miss USA and Miss World, she took that experience to New York City. Berry was homeless for a time before Living Dolls came along. During the short run of the series, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and at one point went into a coma. Barry moved to L.A. and quickly got film work. Jungle Fever, The Last Boy Scout, Boomerang, The Flintstones, Bullworth, the X-Men franchises Storm, Swordfish, Monsters Ball, winning the Oscar, the first woman of color to win Best Actress, Die Another Day, the poorly received Catwoman, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, John Wick, and Moonfall. Barry was the highest paid film actress of the 2000s. She returned to TV, introducing Dorothy Dandridge, Emmy and Golden Globe wins, and the sci-fi series Extant. She's been a Revlon spokesmodel since the mid-90s and won both People's Most Beautiful Person in the World and FHM's Sexiest Woman in the World in 2007. Barry has been through multiple marriages and relationships. Living Dolls was panned by critics, an F grade from People magazine, and the show was gone in 12 episodes. In the backdoor pilot, Vivica A. Fox played the Halle Berry role. Caught an episode on YouTube, the opening is MTV-esque. Mrs. C. herself, Marion Ross, appeared as the den mother to the model sharing an apartment. It's rather facts of life-like. The girls have a music video gig, and the singer asks out Remini's character. Of course, she's asked to go all the way. There's a lot of whooping from the audience. We get part of a music video that is clearly based on Simply Irresistible. The episode was excruciating. And Jillian premiered on NBC on November 30th, 1989 at 8.30 p.m. Jillian makes a third attempt at a sitcom, which doesn't go well. She plays a recent widow who moves from New York City to a small California town with her teenage daughter. It's there where Anne had honeymooned. She works at a gift shop with a boss played by Cynthia Harris. 
Amy Lynn, Zachary Rosencrantz, and Chantal Rivera Patiste play other teens. One of the kids has a grandfather, Noble Willingham, who drops by from time to time. Now, we covered Angelion on episode 103 for It's a Living, Cynthia Harris on episode 83 for Sirota's Court, Amy Lynn on episode 155 for Raising Miranda, and Noble Willingham on episode 101 for When the Whistle Blows. Zachary Rosencrantz would go on to a run on Beauty and the Beast. Anne Gillian, the show, not the actress, did not last long. Seven episodes aired, and then it went into hiatus, with three more episodes burned off the next summer. The final aired episode was an attempt to right the sinking ship. Anne's character got a new job as the activities director of the local shopping mall. Kids, there used to be these great big buildings filled with brick-and-mortar stores. It was a whole thing. Three more episodes were produced under the new format, which never aired. The same production company, Castle Rock, had piloted a second sitcom alongside Angelion, but her show tested better and got the green light. That other show would get another chance the next summer and did fairly well. I found an episode with terrible audio on YouTube. The opening theme is presumably sung by Jillian with an unknown male singer, and it looks like school photos. I'll just say that Anne is far better than the script. They must have used a laugh track, as I can't imagine a human laughing. How did this test well? We've reached the end of 1989 and the end of the decade. Out of 25 shows, only six survived past their first seasons for an abysmal success rate of 24%. It was 41% in 1988. The winners, Coach, Anything But Love, Doctor Doctor, Major Dad, Doogie Howser MD, and Family Matters. What about the 80s as a whole? A total of 218 sitcoms, a big jump over the 159 sitcoms of the 70s, helped by the new Fox network, plus a resurgence in first-run syndication, 65 of which were a hit. There were 47 in the 70s. That's a 30% hit rate overall, which matches the 1970s rate. Moving on to 1990, Deborah Norville replaces Jane Polly on The Today Show. The first regular episode of The Simpsons airs. Multiple networks air Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, an anti-drug special involving characters from various programs. The long-lost pilot of I Love Lucy is broadcast as a CBS special. Andrew Dice Clay hosts SNL in a controversial episode with a cast member and music guest boycotting. The final episode of Newhart includes the infamous shot of Bob waking up in bed with Emily from his earlier series. Star Trek TNG airs the Best of Both Worlds two-parter with a cliffhanger that propels the series to seven seasons. New networks include Ha, which later merges with the Comedy Channel to become Comedy Central, E, and The Family Channel, which previously was CBN. Non-sitcom premieres, Twin Peaks, In Living Color, Law & Order, Captain Planet and the Planeteers, The Flash, Cop Rock, and Beverly Hills 90210. We'll kick off 1990 sitcoms in our next episode. 
Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.